0: Then we start really transitioning into this second half of childhood, which culture says, and culture is really kind of mediating this transition today and it's happening earlier and earlier, sometimes as early as five or six years old because of the exposure to environments, ideas, thoughts, uh, questions that they never would have had to have answered before or questioned before.
1: I was so blown away when I heard Nellie share that statistic that the transition to the second half of childhood is starting earlier and earlier than it ever has before. And we as parents need to be equipped with how to parent beyond the younger years. So I am so excited to share with you my interview today with Nellie Harden. Nellie is a wife. She is a mama to four teenage daughters. She is an author and a speaker in the space of family life and leadership. She focuses on truly helping parents love and lead their teen and tween daughters in a way that teaches them to love and lead themselves while building a strong foundation all before they leave home. Now, don't worry if you're listening and you have boys. Her incredible insight is still applicable if you have boys. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. But still, I urge you to listen. It is so great. Her information is incredible. So I definitely recommend you keep listening. Now, her background is originally in biology and, psych- and psychology from humpbacks to humans, but she has invested decades of her life into personal, family, and faith leadership development. And most of all, she believes the best way to change the world is through one living room at a time. I am so excited to introduce you to Nellie Hardin. Let's get right into our conversation. Hey there mama, and welcome to the Organized Mom Photographer Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and this show is for all you mom photographers out there on a mission to enjoy motherhood while building a thriving photography business you love. I'm a productivity and motherhood coach, brand photographer, podcaster, wife, and a homeschooling mama saved by grace. So I can totally relate to the never-ending to-do lists, late-night editing sessions, and the endless messes that we'll one day miss, strewn across the floor. Join me every week as we dive into the strategies and mindset shifts you'll need to prioritize, organize, and streamline your life and your business. Gone are the days of sitting on the sidelines, overwhelmed by the challenges that come your way. It's time to take serious action, confidently step into the role as the CEO and embrace hard things for the sake of growth. Mama, if you're ready to stop feeling like you have to choose between being a present mama or a successful business owner and finally feel equipped to do both well, then you're in the right place. Hey Nelly, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today and cannot wait to talk to you about this super interesting topic to me because I have never talked about this with anyone here on the podcast before, um, but this is parenting beyond the younger years, that transition between the first and second half of childhood and really what does that look like and how do we launch versus release our kiddos into the world? But before we really dive into this amazing topic, I would really love for you to introduce yourself and let our listeners know who you are, who you live with, and what you do.
0: Uh, Well, thank you for having me on, first of all. And yeah, so my name is Nellie Hardin, and I uh, live with my husband. We've been together for, I don't know, a couple decades plus now. (laughs) And um, uh, let's see, we we celebrated 20 years in 21, so... You know, time is weird. Post COVID, <laughs> so it all kind of morphs. Um, and we have uh, four daughters, and so they are all between the ages of fourteen and eighteen right now. And so we have been and are very much in the thick of everything, raising daughters, uh, for sure. And then we also serve in our communities as youth leaders as well for both men and uh, young women. So uh, that's a little bit of a snapshot of us and, and a little bit of what I do. And, you know, I I was a young woman, (laughs) believe it or not, uh, that, uh, you know, grew up. I left home at 17 to go to college. I graduated early and, you know, I, I just, really didn't understand uh, what foundations I needed to have inside uh, before I went out into the world and neither did my parents. And so I went out there and ended up like so many young women out there just chasing worth anywhere we can find it. And that led down some you know pretty dark uh, pathways that then took decades to heal from. But then I went through uh, my own journey and then had four daughters in four years later on in life. And I was like, oh my goodness, we have such a time here. We need to take advantage of this, this uh, what I call the 65-70 um, during that time. So um, that's a little bit of a, a snapshot of how I got to where I am, my backgrounds in biology and psychology. And so I love to know how things work, and then how that gets expressed to the world.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. And let us know where you live and then what is the work
0: that you do now? Yeah. So I live in coastal North Carolina. Uh, We actually moved here as part of our journey just for quality of life. It's so funny. So many people were like, why are you moving? Why are you moving? And it's such an unnatural answer to say, just quality of life, you know? And, uh, so we used, to, I'm from Michigan. My husband's from Indiana. We were living in Indianapolis a long time, Chicago. We were bouncing around all all the Midwest. And we moved to this tiny old fishing village in, uh, Coastal North Carolina. We're like an hour north of Myrtle Beach in a little place called Southport. And we weirdly found this place uh, on spring break, our sophomore year of college. And so How fun. <laughs> yeah. We just kept coming back and back and back. And I think we were on, you know, quote unquote, vacation here 17 times before we moved wow. here. Yeah. And so <laughs> one day we're walking down the road and my husband's like, why, why do we keep leaving? Like, can we just live here? And we decided to. So that was back in 2015
1: wow that is so cool that makes me think of like all the romantic books I read and they're always like nestled in North Carolina I don't know why but like on the beach and I'm like that yes. sounds like heaven over there
0: well ironically there's a lot of movies filmed in our very small town I mean we okay. can usually guarantee that I mean there, we we can guarantee there's a film, uh, film set film crew there's somebody walking around oh um, at any given time in in our little town and some Sometimes the whole town gets, you know, a makeover and all of a sudden we're like Martha's Vineyard and the signs are like, I'm like, I feel so bad for tourists that come here because they're the fake signs are up and they're not going to know where they really are. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. That is too
1: funny. Okay, cool. So you moved there. And so when did your original business start? And like, tell us a little bit about your business and what you do.
0: Yeah, so really, so my f- career 1.0 was actually in the field uh, in with animals. And so I was working in the wild. I was working with uh, humpbacks. I was working with um, uh, some other uh, more land uh, mammals. And then I went into captivity work. And then I went into veterinary work. I, when I, so my middle two are twins. And so when I got pregnant with the twins, I think I was like six weeks along, I was like put a period to this, I'm done. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I was like, I was all done. And then, um, gosh, that was in 2007. And then less than a year later, my husband goes into ICU. And he has a, a congenital heart condition. We didn't know he had. Uh, it had been spurred by some uh, events that had been happening. And so anyway, we went through like two years of massive, rehauling within our family. And I'm just so grateful that I had that background that I had. I mean, even working in veterinary with pharmacology and all those things, and it really came into play so much during that time. And we had to start changing all of our family dynamics and what we do and how we reacted to things and uh, our communication styles. I mean, we had four daughters in four years after going through infertility for a while even, and then we have this massive... You know, health event also that we're dealing with. So there was a lot of pressures that were on during that time. And in 2010, my husband had heart surgery. Um, In April, in July, we almost lost one of our daughters in a drowning accident. I, I, Found her and and we found her and we had I had to take her out and do CPR and then do like a year of neuro observations and all of these things and then it was the and then we were invited to church for the first time that Christmas Eve and it was just such a transitory time that a, a couple years later in 2012 I was just called to help people. With their family disciplines, positive family disciplines, after everything we had been through in the last four years, after everything I had known and learned in my entire career before that, Now I was turning into the much more messy world of human interaction and layer that with family human interaction, which can be so much more messier, right? We're bringing so many things from our past into parenting, and then we're dealing with a new personality and we're raising another human. And so um, I've been doing this work since 2012 and different aspects of family disciplines Um, But now it's really formed into this beautiful mold of frameworks on how to raise especially young women in with foundations uh, so that they're equipped to go out into the world and do what they're uniquely built to do.
1: Wow, that is so incredible. And I love so we met on zoom prior to this. And like we had time to really get to know each other. And I just think it's fascinating, because I don't see a lot of people in your field of work, like specifically helping with this transition. And I remember like talking to you on our call and being like, yeah, well, I went to school to be a teacher and I have my degree in elementary education. And so I took child, uh, child psychology all the way through sixth grade, but now I have a seventh grader and it's like, what do I do? And then you really enlightened me and was like, well, actually, like the second half of their child, you know, hood adolescence actually starts earlier. And I was like, wait, what? So before we get into all of this, I really want you to dive in and explain what that means. What is the difference between the first and the second half of childhood?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, especially in the world that we live in today, it's not exactly a half anymore, right? And not that it ever necessarily was, but that half is sneaking earlier and earlier now. But Really. I mean, when you think about it, when we bring our babies home from the hospital, when we first adopt our babies, however that baby and child comes into your life, when they first come home, it really is all about physiological needs, right? It's everything that we need to do in order to make sure that they are fed, that they are well, that they are clean, that they are healthy, and that they are okay. So that's really the first whole part of um, of parenting is these physiological needs. Needs. And next, which is still in the first half of parenting is this level of beautiful security, right? You are loved. You are okay. You are safe. I will protect you, right? Our home is safe. I am safe. Our, our Environment is safe, right? And think about all the baby proofing that goes in, right? And all the things. A friend of mine just had a baby, and I saw that they had all the plugs on their registry, right? The plug covers. And I was like, oh, I remember the plug cover days. Yes, totally. (laughs) Yes. And so there's that safety, right? And it's not just physical safety, it's also emotional and mental safety. And so that's really the next layer that comes in. And each one plays into. Into the other one. But then we start really transitioning into this second half of childhood, which uh, culture says, and culture is really kind of mediating this transition today. And it's happening earlier and earlier, sometimes as early as five or six years old, because of the exposure to environments, ideas thoughts, uh, questions that they never would have had to have answered before or questioned before, right? And so even if you don't in your home, I promise you out there in the world, you go to the store, you go to anything, you have the TV on, you're watching anything, these questions are going to start creeping in earlier and earlier. So, and they could be questions about anything. The world is just very complex today. And so, during the second half of childhood, then we are transitioning into building these foundations of worth and esteem and confidence. So, worth is. I am worthy, right? I actually am worthy of being heard and seen and loved and belonging and having a purpose, right? I actually am worthy of this. When you look at, at anything that adolescence is having an issue with today, uh, so many of them are feeling that they are uh, not seen, right? That they're ignored, right? That their voice isn't heard, that no one loves them, that I don't belong anywhere, and what's the purpose of me even getting up today, right? I have no purpose to get up. And so that worthiness piece is so crucial and critical in our adolescence today And like I said, that's creeping in. And there's, you know, bleed through with all of these. And then we have esteem, right? Value and appreciation of self. And then we have confidence, true belief in self to see an obstacle, figure out a plan, get through the obstacle into the other side of that bridge. So that's really the two sides or the two halves, if you will, two parts of first half of childhood, second half of childhood parenting.
1: That is like so shocking to hear that number of when they transition. Cause I would definitely say, like, oh, it transitions when they become like a teenager. Yeah. Like, my thought was, like, oh, my daughter's a preteen. She's 12. She's almost 13. You know, but, but you enlightened me on the call and just now for our listeners that we need to be aware of this transition even you know prior to five to six years old. So even if you're listening and you have little kids and you're like, eh, this doesn't apply to me now, it will, and the earlier that you can set yourself up for success, the better, because we want to be able to build that firm foundation as you were just talking about. Now, I know that you mentioned this a little bit when we were introducing you, but you mentioned this concept, the 6570 number, what does that mean? All of the listeners are probably like, oh yeah, she did say that. What does that even mean? So can you kind of give us a little overview of what that means and why it matters?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it really just kind of came to me, uh, the day my husband was having his heart surgery, I'm sitting in the waiting room. I, and let me preface this with saying my dad died when I was super young. I was only one and a half when he died. He was in an accident when I was nine months old. He was in a coma. He passed away when I was one and a half. And so I've, I've lived that, that scenario, right? And so my husband's in heart surgery. We're not sure if he's going to make it out or not. And I am sitting in the waiting room and I have four babies that are 422 and newborn. Right. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Like, I, first of all, I refuse to live this story. Right. Like, we're going to get through this. He's going to get through this. But looking at them and having all this time of percolating thoughts going through my head, I was doing the math and I was like, I have 6,570 days. That's how many days are in 18 years. That is the window of parenthood that is critical, unique to all of the rest of their life, unique to all of the rest of our relationship that we're going to have, right? They're in the home. I have direct access to them every day of impact and influence. This is my window of sixty-five, seventy, Of course, give or take a few days, we don't kick them out on their 18th birthday, but... <laughs> But the point being that this is the time, what am I going to do with it in order to get them to a point that they're equipped to go out and be launched into the world and not just released, right? We have crazy dogs. They're rescues. We've tried training them. They're nuts. And so I just picture, you know, versus our neighbor who has a very disciplined dog, right? Right. If my back door opens and my dogs are released, it is chaos and running amok and someone or something is going to get hurt, right? Versus my neighbors who have a very disciplined dog, you open the gate, he will sit there, right? And then he will go out. He might look at a few things, but he's going to be productive out there where my dogs are going to be uh, chaotic out there. It's just a an very simple example, non-messy human uh, example of release versus launch, right? And I knew that I wanted my daughters to be equipped for the world that they live in. They live, you know, they were born for such a time as this. And so we need to equip them to be in in a world that exists today as well. And so um, that was where that number came from. It's that's how many days are in 18 years. That's so crazy because that really puts into perspective
1: how small of an opportunity we have with our kids. Like we think when we're in the thick of parenting with littles, we're like, oh my gosh, this will never end. Like every day seems so long and every moment feels so hard. And it's like when you look at it from a bird's eye view like that, every day matters and it's really important for us to know and navigate those 6,570 days well. So Nellie, can you share with us, like, what can we do for the moms listening right now? Like, what can we do to prepare for this transition? And maybe what would you say to people who are like, well, my kids are already older. Like, what do I do? Like, you know, did I mess up? Can I can I fix this? Can I make a comeback?
0: First of all, because I know those parents that are listening right now are freaking out a little bit, and it's okay. Never, ever, ever too late. I don't care if you are in day, you know, nine thousand or what have you. It is never too late. I just talked with um, a woman the other day who's older than I am that reconciled with her father right before he passed away in his nineties. Right, it is never too late. But what I want to say is that we want to set them up for success as much as possible, right? But what you do today matters, okay? And so, and that is not a call for perfectionism at all. In fact, I want to take perfectionism and just throw it out the window because it's one of the most harmful and hurtful things you can do as a parent is try to be perfect because then you're just passing on to them you have to be perfect, right? You can never mess up. You can never have to apologize for anything. You always have to have on the mask, right? And that is not real life and will not set them up for success. So that's just an aside there, but talking about what you can do in order to prepare for the transition and maybe if you're in it right now, and remember my kids are 14, 16, 16, and 18 right now, and we're still doing all of these practices every single day. So the first thing that you want to do is observe, do a lot of observation as a parent. You want to look at their tone, their body language, their habits that they might've had before and they don't have anymore, or they might have picked up, right? Their friend groups, how they're relating to those friend groups, right? So just do a lot of observation during this time. Okay. Next, you want to not assume. I mean, we all know what, like, assuming can do, right? It's not good. And so don't assume uh, that tomorrow is going to be the same as today. I think one of, when my and you might have done this too, when my babies were little and especially having four and four years, I was like, okay, this is the schedule. This is what we're doing. Okay, I made the schedule. I can sit back and relax now. Oh, no. Two days later, everything changes, right? And so... (laughs) And so you try to sit back and be like, "I have figured out this parenting gig. You know, my kids are, you know, zero, two, two, and and four. I've figured it out for the rest of my life." No, sister, you have not. This is good. (laughs) for right now. And so as a parent, you never want to assume that tomorrow is going to be the same as today, that when you say something to them, that the reaction you get today will be the same reaction you get tomorrow, especially when you are trying to give them um, some feedback on something, right? One day they might take it fine, the next day they won't. And let's face it, especially if you're working and, and have young women in your life, we are dealing with an immense hormone surge as well during this time, which is a whole other, you know, uh, wrench that gets thrown into the system. So observe, don't assume, and then know that it's coming. And that's part of that. Don't assume it will be the same too. When you know, you know, if you're watching or if you're using GPS and The old GPS models, they wouldn't tell you a turn was coming. And all of a sudden, you would have to turn really hard because it tells you last minute, right? And now, thankfully, they're like, your turn is coming up in one mile, right? Or what have you. And you're like, okay, I can prepare for that. I can see it in the future. And so just know that it is coming and that you are going to have to do some changes there. And then be present. One of the biggest things. Maybe the biggest, but one of the biggest things for sure that I recommend to everybody is to have weekly one on one time with your children. One parent with one child. That is where magic is going to happen with the connection that you have, with the communication that you have, and with the clarity that you have to move forward and that that child has to move forward and your understanding of that child. So schedule it, put it on the schedule and make it something that is rhythmic. It's expected so that when something inevitably does happen, because I promise you it will, it's not like, oh, mom wants to talk to me, you know, one-on-one or whatever. And then it's always in this negative, weird context. But if you make it a di- or a weekly practice every week, we're having one-on-one time in my family, we do it on uh, Mondays and Thursdays. From nine to nine forty five <clears throat> and we just get in uh, their rooms we're in their space we're invited in and we just have a good time or we have courageous conversations or we have hard conversations whatever that is sometimes we're just looking at something they're creating helping them study for a test whatever that is for that week that is needed but one on one time is critical mm. And then, um, so be present and then be open and vulnerable. Uh, just talking about with perfectionism, right? We need to show them that it's okay not to be perfect. We also need to show them how to be open and vulnerable, especially in this weird, awkward adolescent season. I know, I I mean, I remember adolescence, it was super awkward all the time. And then, to have somebody come in and say, you know what, I'm having this issue. What do you think I should do? And me be able to speak into that and give advice and my thoughts and be heard and my words have value. That is such a precious commodity right there. And so as a parent, maybe during the one-on-one time, maybe in a car ride, maybe somewhere else, Be sure that you are being open and vulnerable about your own life and having them speak into that as well. So those are just uh, five things that you can start doing right now. Oh, man, I'm taking
1: notes because those are all like so incredible. And for those listening who also want these show notes, they will be in a blog post, like all typed up and pretty so that you can refer back to this. Because I think sometimes we listen to episodes like this and we get really fired up and inspired And then life happens and we get busy and we forget. And so that's why those show notes are in the blog post so that you guys can come back and reference everything that Nellie is talking about and start to actually take action on these five things. So, I mean, you covered so many amazing things that I love to talk about on the podcast all the time. But one thing you mentioned that I just want you to like touch on real quick is you said something about courageous conversations. What Mm -hmm. is that?
0: Uh, those are those conversations that with our kids, we need to make sure that we're having relevant conversations with them, first of all, about what's going on in their lives. We can't just come to the dinner table and or wherever you're having family time and be like, let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about our neighbor. Let's talk about Aunt George or Aunt George. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uncle George. and Georgina. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there, Aunt Georgina. <laughs> um <so. laughs> And um, so anyway, so we can't, you know, just be having those conversations. We need to have very real conversations about what's going on in their lives asking them, so did you have any tests this week? What is it on? You know, oh, I remember studying that or, you know, what's going on at school right now? Oh, I got an email from the principal that there was a uh, safety scare at school. Like what happened with that? Can you tell me more about that? And just having those relevant conversations. Now, a courageous conversation is those uncomfortable ones right? Where as a parent, you're like, oh, I really don't want to talk about this with my kiddo. Um, a classic is, of course, whenever you're talking about anything uh, sexual-wise or what have you, that's like the classic that has been in every sitcom since, you know, the beginning of sitcoms. Um, <laughs> but there's so many to have also. And so having those conversations, showing up, making sure you're calm, in a state of calm when you when you uh, are having that conversation. Maybe they did something and you're so frustrated that they made that choice. First of all, your child's brain is literally anatomically different than yours right now. And that's a really important message for parents to hear is that our kids are not just shorter versions of adults. They are literally anatomically, physiologically different. And so when you say to your kid, I do not understand why you made that choice. That's a very true statement. That's not what you're thinking during that time. You're just, you know, infuriated and mad, but you can't understand why they made that decision because your brain works differently than theirs does. And that's really important as a parent to understand because it allows us to give grace when we might not want to, you know, sometimes. So if they made a decision that really frustrated you or what have you, make sure you're in a place of calm before you go be curious, ask the questions. Can you tell me, you know, why you made this choice? Why you did this action? What was the decision? What were the feelings? What were the thoughts that fed into this and really asking them, right? And then have that back and forth conversation and produce the clarity on the other side that can move you both forward and your relationship closer. And so that's a courageous conversation. And I promise you as a mother of four, you know, teenage girls, I cannot even count how many I have had um, with each one of them about you name it. And it can be really hard, but it is absolutely necessary. And that definitely goes back to your
1: concept of creating safety, this safe environment where your kids are Comfortable being able to have that conversation with you because they know that they're not going to get in trouble. They know that you're going to love them no matter what. Like you're creating that safe space. And I think, I mean, maybe some of us can relate back to our own childhood. Like some of us may not have had that safety um, to be able to talk to our parents. Um, I did, uh, luckily, but I know that there are some that don't. And so it's really important to be able to create that for our kids so they do feel comfortable. One thing that just came to mind as we were talking about this was I've been really working on instilling emotional intelligence in my kiddos. Mm. And one thing that I started doing was um, encouraging my kids to ask me questions, Um, because I think so often we as parents are the ones asking questions like about their day. And I really want my kids to start asking me and my husband and then also learn how to talk to their friends. And ask more probing questions aside from, like, how was your day? So, we've been just in the car, we have long drives sometimes, and I will just be like, hey, why don't you come up with three unique questions to ask me um, about my day? And so, yesterday we were actually doing it, and it was really interesting. Like, we all came up with a different way to ask a question, like, what was the most challenging part of the day? Or, what was one way you helped someone? And it was just so cool to be able to get their. You know, wheels spinning of them asking me the questions instead of me always having to be the one to come up with good questions. So,
0: just thought I would throw that in there um, as well. Can I? I just want to pause on that. And first of all, huge applause. That is amazing. And so, I have I have a set of twins. They're sixteen, and all of my kids babysit like crazy. And so, but what I find interesting is with the twins. And we were just talking about this because one of the twins usually typically has a lot closer relationship with the kids than the other one that is just like Make sure you survive, right? (laughs) Type of thing. And the difference is exactly what you just said. The difference is one of the twins asks the kids, How are you doing today? What's going on in school? And it makes those kids feel important and like they matter to one of my daughters, where the other one is just like, Make sure you survive and we're getting through this, right? And so we're having those conversations. And I think it is so important to teach them how to build a relationship and be more interested than interesting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, For them. So yes, big applause for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was, um, I mean, it wasn't my idea, honestly. Like I had been reading this book, coincidentally, on the flip side of raising boys, because I have a boy, right? And I'm (laughs) like, boys are so different than girls. I am not a boy. I don't know how to handle boys. Um, And so I was reading the book oh gosh I'm gonna forget the name of it let me pull it up on my uh hold on here it comes Raising Emotionally Strong Boys by David Thomas mm-hmm. yep. I am like almost done with that book I think I have like literally three minutes left <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing I'm showing Nellie my audible, <laughs> like my audiobook three um, minutes <laughs> three minutes I know I was like <laughs> listening to it and I just yeah I got cut off but anyways it was so important like he instills the emotional intelligence of asking questions. So I was just like, I'm going to take this and try it and it works. Mm -hmm. So that was a bonus for you guys. Definitely get your kids to also ask questions of you and that will make them, you know, learn how to just be kind humans, right? Mm -hmm. And keep a conversation moving. Um, Okay. So one of our next questions that I wanted to ask you as I just messed up my whole thing here, Well, <laughs> the question here it is. Um, okay, so we talked about what we can do to really prepare for this transition. You gave five really incredible things to do, um, but what do you? What would you say that we need to build for our child? And is this the same for everyone?
0: Yeah. So building. So you can think about it this way: there is a uh, your bedrock right? There's your bedrock. And then there's this foundation on top of the bedrock that is worth esteem and confidence. And on top of that is where they build their lives. Okay. So, you know, many people live in houses, at least we live in buildings, uh, you know, there's always bedrock, there's a foundation, and then there's whatever is the living uh, quarters on top of that. And that is the life piece. So, what we are building within the 6570, and really, I just want to preface too and say the frontal cortex, which is the place right under the uh, forehead, that is where that logic, that cause and effect, that real like critical thinking, decision making process happens. That is not fully developed until they are about 25, which you know, I'm in numbers is ninety one twenty five. So we have the sixty five seventy that is zero to eighteen years, and then we really have this more pliable, not set in stone, but time frame up to the ninety one twenty five. Okay, and I have one in there right now, and definitely, you know, still pliable, but not. She doesn't live at home right now. She's in college, so I don't get that daily impact with her and influence every single day. So it's a different chapter. Um, But yeah, so we have the foundations of worth, esteem, and confidence. That is the same for everybody. But just like we all have bodies, right? When we're born, if someone's heart is in their big toe, it's, pro- it's not going to work, right? We all have the same bodies, but we're all very different. I was actually at um, Lowe's Home Improvement of all places the other day, and there was this uh, man and his wife, older, bickering, 70s or so, uh, Some for some reason bickering about mammograms of all things. I don't even know <laughs> why. <laughs> and and uh, the wife is like, you want in on this conversation? The husband's like, leave her alone. And it was so funny. But anyway... I heard the husband say, we're all the same, but we're all different. And then they left off and I was like, wow, you know, I was really put here just to listen to that, that tiny little phrase that he said, we are all the same, but we're all different. All of us need this foundation of worth, esteem, and confidence, but the journey on that is going to be different. Why? Because we have different core beliefs. We have different core values. We have different personalities, right? And so, yes, everyone needs these three foundations, but no, it is going, or yes, it will look different for everybody.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's so, like, I was, like, drawing a little picture as you... (laughs) We're like explaining that because I do think that it's really important for us. You know, we talk about building a home on a solid foundation, and that's essentially what we are doing for our kids. We are building this foundation in which they can be launched into the world without feeling like they have no idea what they're doing. Um, And I just think that is so powerful, like just seeing this visual of knowing that we have, you know, those 6,570 days to really help build that foundation. But there's even, you know, the the 18 to 25 year range that we still have some influence. And then as you mentioned before, like, it doesn't matter what age you are, there's still room to grow. And what's cool about the brain is that the brain can change. And so I just feel like it's really encouraging to know that we have time, but also we need to like just be so diligent with our time. Um, okay, so what aspects do you think need to be understood or explored before we can actually really build this foundation?
0: Well, that really has to do with that bedrock piece that we're talking about, right? You can't just build your house anywhere. We we live on the coast here in North Carolina. There's a lot of sand, right? And so people can't just go out and build a house on sand. It is going to shift fall and come down with, you know, a cat one hurricane. Mm -hmm. And, and you also just can't uh, do it where there's sinkholes, right? Where you want a solid bedrock that you can put this foundation on. So like any bedrock, there is certain elements that are in there that make it more weak or make it more strong. And The four elements that you want in your bedrock are an understanding of their biology, right? It talks, like we were talking earlier about uh, the brain, right? You want them to understand their bodies, their biology, what's going on, how their brain is a little bit different, have grace for their brain being different, be there for this development, make the connections, right? Right. Have them ask the questions so that they can learn how to have these positive relationships. And that is a connection. You're literally wiring together in that brain, that very under construction frontal lobe. You are making connections right there when you are having them do that. When I do this, I form better relationships, right? And so that's a biology piece with young women. It's definitely hormonal as well that you want to get in there. So that's the biology. Next is the next element is psychology. How do they learn and how do they teach? You know, information is just like breathing. You take it in and it comes back out. You take it in and it goes out. And so this breath of information is learning and teaching. Anything that you say out in to anyone is teaching, right? Anything that you're taking in, you are learning. And so how do we balance this? And everyone is different. Everyone has different. Learning uh, styles that they are best at and everyone's teaching styles, how they come across out in the world is also different. We have six people in this house. We are all incredibly different people. I call my daughters four corners of a square because they are very (laughs) different personalities, which means I need to parent each one of them differently as well. I cannot have the same parenting style that I do for my 18 year old that I do for one of my 16 year olds, or even for her twin, I cannot, and who's the same age. And so You just need to learn and massage and get to know each child, which is where that one-on-one time comes in so crucially right there. And then, uh, so the biology, psychology, faith is also an element in there. And so here's the thing about faith that some people just don't like to hear. No matter what, there's faith in something, right? There's either faith in there's nothing there. That's That's a faith piece right there or there is faith that there is very much there. My family and I, we are a Christian home. We are raising our daughters in a Christian home. That is our faith base. But I did not come to faith until my 30s. So, the entire, you know, breath of my life before then, I was very much had faith in that there wasn't faith. So, faith in no matter what that is is a crucial piece in there and hopefully hopefully Building into that element, the metamorphic rock, I'm getting my science uh, backgrounds coming in, metamorphic rock is the hardest rock out there. And when you have a faith that you can pour into and say, this uh, is all of my worth, right? I am seen, heard, loved, belong, and have purpose through this faith. That is going to be the strongest bedrock that you can have. And the last element of that bedrock is culture, because we all live in culture. We cannot bubble ourselves away from it for our entire lives. And we want to be in it, but not of it. How can we learn how to interact, interact kindly and positively with the world, but not be a victim to every passing trend that is going along and the wave, the constant roller coaster of emotions and feelings and living by those feelings that culture is telling us to do. So that right there is the bedrock on which you need to build this uh, worth, esteem and confidence foundation on.
1: I love those again, taking so many notes. This is so (laughs) good. Nellie, all of this information has been so helpful and you know, it might be super enlightening for a lot of listeners of being, I know for me, like, I mean, I am immersed in this psychology piece and like positive parenting and emotional intelligence, but I've never seen it like laid out this way in such a clear, um, visual of the bedrock and the foundation and really building up our kids to not be just released to the wild, but actually be launched with successful um, strategies. And not only like strategies, but also like the worth and the purpose, like all those things that you were talking about, that are not things that the world will teach you, they will actually suck the life out of you. And so creating that firm foundation of who they truly are before they leave your home is so important. So what would you say is the next step? Like, I know that you have a course. So tell us about what this course is. And for those listening that are like, well, I'm bummed out. I don't have daughters. Like, (laughs) will your course help them with
0: sons? Absolutely. I have many uh, families in there that have both sons and daughters um, as well. And there's uh, on the website, nellyharden.com, there are resources on there uh, of ways that you can connect and you can increase communication and you can increase positive disciplines within your family. Um, you can use any of those for sure. And I just have everything out there there's a masterclass, there is my course called Take the Lead, which is about loving and leading them to a place that they love and lead themselves before they leave home. And, um, and then there's books and all, all the things are on the website. So it just depends on where you are at and how much you are willing to invest your, your time. And honestly, just invest your parenthood into, because, it's really easy to skate through. And I, I was just, uh, this morning I was listening to something when this, young I, well, she was 32 years old, but, um, she said, um, I I'm scared to have kids because of the 18 year long commitment. And she said, I went and told my mom that, and my mom was like, you're 32 years old and you just woke me up to ask me if you can overdose on fiber. This is not an 18-year-long commitment. (laughs) (laughs) This is a forever commitment. Yes, (laughs) yes. And so really, but it is easy to just be like, okay, it's 18 years. Let's just get through this, right? Mm -hmm. But that is one view that you can take, one perspective, or This is my humble responsibility to raise another human and equip them for the world. And that's another perspective. And if you're in that perspective, I got stuff for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so
1: good. I love that we're going to end on that positive note of it's all about perspective and it's all about your willingness to change. And that's what the premise of this whole podcast is. I am not going to bring people on that are going to be like, cool, listen to information. Like I am all about taking action. And so if you're ready to take action, go check out Nellie's website. We also have a bunch of links that we're going to be linking in the show notes um, as well. Um, Your website, some other resources that you have. Um, I think you have a Facebook group. And Mm -hmm. do you have a YouTube channel? I do. And I that's do. what that is too. Okay, cool. So she also has a YouTube channel. So we're going to link all that up so you guys can stay connected with Nellie. But thank you so much for being here. This conversation was very rich and so enlightening and makes me want to also take action and keep learning. Um, but I love that perspective shift. The 6570 is going to always be in my head. Now I have to go do the math and be like, okay, I know it's less than that now. <laughs> like, how much time do I have? And and how can I make the most of it? So, thank you so much for being
0: here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Organized Mom Photographer podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You can do hard things, and life is about more than just surviving. To become a part of our free online community of like-minded, ambitious mom photographers, head over to the purposegathering.com slash mamas. That's M-A-M-A-S. We would love to come alongside you and support you on your journey. If you found value in today's episode, I would love for you to take a minute and leave a review. Your review would mean so much to me and help more mamas just like you find this show. I'm seriously so proud of you For taking time out of your busy day to invest in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this mama. And until next time, remember to slow down and savor every moment of this beautiful journey called life.